You're listening to The Footy Fix with your host, Ben Batella. Batella, 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 Welcome back to the Footy Fix podcast. On today's episode, we have Baz, we have Frankie, and we have a lot to talk about. For Juventus fans and Barcelona fans, it was a very tragic and heartbreaking week. But for Barusa fans and PSG fans, they may be welcoming in a new era of Mbappe and Haaland dominance. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Just peachy, Ben. How are you doing, buddy? I'm heartbroken, Baz. You know the drill. Frankie, how about you, man? Yeah, you know, a little sad. You know, starting to feel like maybe this is the end of an era and beginning of a new one, but you know how it is. It's just, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. So I'm going to start off with a couple questions here. Frank, you got one for you first. Okay. You're starting a team. These players are both in their prime. Who are you taking? Xavi or Iniesta? Ooh, that's a good one. But I think I have to go with my guy, Xavi. Fair. One of my all-time favorite players. Guys, absolute world-class. Two world-class players, but... I think I'm leading Xavi a little bit. Yeah, I see. He's he's more of a central midfielder, so you got a little more versatility and stability with him. I I, I can understand that. I I just don't like Xavi for some reason. I don't like his face, to be honest with you. <laughs> I always always when I watch the Classicos back in the early 2010s, I just didn't like him. Of course, he's brilliant, but I, I'm not I'm not really about him. All right, Baz, for you now. You ready for this one? Am I answering the same question? No, 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 no. I'm asking you different. Oh, one. okay, okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Who would you rather play under? Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola? That is a difficult decision, Benjamin. Um, personally, I'm going to say Klopp just because uh, I think you know the way I play FIFA. I play a little more aggressively. <laughs> I'm very high pressing. But yeah. no, I, I like Klopp is definitely like there, like like that in that he wants his players in there like a dirty shirt. Like you better be marking somebody. You better be on top of them and like hard pressing mm-hmm. football. Um, and I enjoy that personally, and that's how I would play. And like, if I manage, that's how I would play. So I feel like because of that, I'd be a little more inclined to play with Pop. Fair. Sorry, you, can't pop go, you, you, can't go, you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't go wrong in that wrong. question, though. You can't go wrong with both of them, I guess, really. But uh, um, it's funny because I asked Mark this question last week about Mourinho or Pep, and he also said he didn't choose Pep either. So I guess you guys just have a personal thing against Pep Guardiola. Well, guys, what, what what are you gonna say? I uh, know. I said must be. Yeah, must be. Uh, okay, all right. So since we're all Juventus fans, and since this week was rather rough, let's get into that one first. So Juve played Porto in Allianz Stadium. They lost 3-2. to two. The aggregate score was 4-4. Porto won on away goals. Baz, what do we got on this one? You know, I really thought coming back like 2-1 to one with that one away goal, we did have a chance. Um and that's not to say that like we didn't play a good game to give ourselves a chance. It's just we could have played a lot better of a game. Because I'm not going to discredit the fact that, you know, Kiesa scored two great goals, steps up, scores, does what he has to do. Even the fact that Rabio scored one to kind of pull it back in extra time. Like we were showing that we were still out there and wanting to play, but it's just it's too many little mistakes and too many little brain farts that just add up over the game and end up costing us. And like mm-hmm. I really and honestly truly think that we need a new midfield. And I, like at the beginning of this year too, you saw Ben Tancour, you saw McKinney. They're good. They have flashes of like flashes of playing decent, but even Ben Tancour, like I don't really like him. I'm not sold on him. McKinney's all right. Right now, our tour, I'd say would be our best midfield. 
But I really think that we have to completely rework and just get rid of everybody, rebuild that midfield if we want to have success in the upcoming years. Very, very true. Uh, the midfield was has been an issue for since Ronaldo got there. It seems like and our Arthur's performance against Porto was fantastic because that was his first game back in a while as a starter, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he really he's the only forward moving player or midfielder I should say on that team. Um, he really handles the ball under pressure in wherever he is very well. Uh, we're talking back passes in your own 18 to middle of the field to the offensive end. I loved the way he played. Uh, but unfortunately, not everybody played like he did. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wanted it. And um, this, this after watching this match and, and watching Leon and watching Ajax, I, I, you know, I just got to say it. Uh, the Ronaldo project, that's over. Because Ajax, you had him playing amazing, and then the team didn't play well. Leon, he did everything he could, but the team didn't play well. And now it's this year. The team played well. Chiesa played great. It was everybody but Ronaldo, and Ronaldo was just absent. And on that note, um, there are so many things to talk about this game. I honestly don't even know where to start. I mean, they 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 face this team, and I, I'm not listen. I've been saying this to you guys. I said this to you, Baz, last night. I've said it to Mark. I've said it to everybody. My hopes for Juventus in the Champions League this year weren't high. I didn't have high expectations, but the expectations I had were for them to beat Porto, not easily. But just beat them, just to win and advance to the to the quarterfinals, and just to get that far. And then if we play a Bayern, I wouldn't be pissed off about that defeat because it's expected. If they played a Barusa, a PSG, sure, sure. I, you know I, that's what I, that those are my expectations. But to lose to Porto, to exit the round of sixteen again, and to lose in such a way where it, it wasn't any really big mistake. It wasn't like they all collapsed. It was just a heartbreaking loss. It was an excellent game to watch if you're a neutral fan, but it was just a heartbreaking loss. Frankly, well, what do I think, thought? yeah, I think you you said one sentence there that really I think stood out to me, and it's not everyone wanted it. I think that is the biggest thing, and I think that Juventus has a problem that one or two players can no longer fix. I think it's a systematic issue there, mm-hmm. from the top to the very bottom. I think that there's a sense of complacency. I think they've they've done all, it, it's almost like they've done two too good for their own good in Italy. Mm-hmm. They, have, they they feel like, you know, because they haven't been bad enough where they need to make these huge changes where, um, you know, they, they've won nine straight Scudettos. But I still think that there's this complacency in this team. Like, okay, we're the best team in Italy. We're okay. We're okay. And that's not good enough. The expectations need to be, you know, even if you lose to, you know, Bayern or Liverpool, if you lose to one of those teams, it's different. But against Lyon, um, against Porto, against Ajax, these are teams that you must beat. And the fact that year in and year out we keep losing to these teams shows that it's a bigger problem that, you know, not just Ronaldo can't fix, not just a new midfield can't fix. It's a big problem, and I think they need to completely revamp this team. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with you. And you're right. It's it's a systematic thing. It's It's losing in the Champions League and not playing well has been institutionalized into their DNA. And when you think about how, you know, the coach has always been the scapegoat the past few years. First, it was Allegri, as if Allegri wasn't a fantastic coach already. And now you're going to blame an Ajax loss on him. And then it was Sadi, and it was all his fault. But now we're seeing a, a new coach, another year, new coach. We're seeing another year, another round of 16 exit to a, a team where they where Juventus were overwhelming favorites. So clearly it's not it's not the coach. And what people are doing now 
what Juventus fans, other than us, other than a few of the people I know, Juventus fans are blaming Ronaldo for this loss. And they're saying he should go. He and not and, and when I say Ronaldo should go, I'm saying he should go because he doesn't deserve to play there. Meaning like he he doesn't deserve this this stuff that's happening. The midfield, the lack of drive. But they're saying it like Ronaldo should leave because we don't want him. He's hurting our team and he's uh, he's 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 on our backs and we're carrying him. That's how they're saying it. Meanwhile, this year, this campaign was the first time in three years since he got there that anyone other than him scored in the knockout stages. Meanwhile, the past two seasons, he has over 49% of their total goals in all competitions. Meanwhile, this year, last year, the year before, since he got there, he has single-handedly won them games in the UCL and in City A and in the Copa Italia. And in the Supercopa. So how is this Ronaldo's fault? How does he have anything to do? Honestly, guys, he had a terrible game against Porto the second leg. He didn't have a good game the first the first leg. That's the first time I've seen him play poorly in the Champions League. Ever. I can't I literally can't think of another time where he played poor. I can't. Maybe like 15 years ago or even further. I just can't remember it. So this problem, it's not Ronaldo's, it's the level of incompetence in the mercato of signing players just because they're free. Just because Rabio's free, let's buy, let's let's sign him. Just because Ramsey's free, let's sign him. They make a lot of money. Rabio makes 8 million euros per year. That's more than Dybala. That's more than Matthias Delict. And that's blasphemous. So it starts with the management and then the trickle-down effect is unreal, but a lot need to, needs to happen. And personally, you want my take? My take, Ronaldo should go for his own good. He doesn't He doesn't need this at the at this stage of his career. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the key here. It's it's the stage of the of, of his career that he's in. You know, because by no means is he is he washed as he sees as I see some people playing. No. And but he's also not he's also not the same Ronaldo that's in that's in his prime, although he's been great. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like at this stage of his career. Because he still clearly has that drive to win. He's still one of the hardest workers out there, which is hard to have at this age. How old is he? 30, 34, 35 He's 36 now? years old, Frankie. Like, you know, to still have that drive, to win as much as you as Ronaldo has and to still have that drive to win, and you just have, don't have that with your team around you, it must be beyond frustrating. And to know that it's hurting your legacy, uh, I, I think that you, you got you got to move somewhere. I, I don't know where, but he needs to make a move somewhere. It, this is more than hurting his legacy. This is, this is completely just tarnishing everything he's done for Juventus alone. And they're there. I've went on Instagram after the loss. They're not. They're not calling. Oh, Mister Champions League, not anymore. It's like, yeah, he's still Mister Champions League. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Just because of one bad performance in a draw, and then you got all this stuff. These Juventus fans, and I, sometimes, man, I hate Juventus fans. I hate them. They're so emotionally driven. They're they're so delusional. And this goes for all Italian football fans. And I can say that because I'm one of you. I'm one of them. Except the thing is, is that I don't bring emotions into my decision making. I don't say, just based off of raw emotions and anger at the match and heartbreak, Ronaldo needs to leave. He's the problem. 
Never have I ever said that about anyone on this team except for players who actually need to go and if there's a coach who actually needs to go. That's what I'll say. But to just so delusional, these fans. And on another note, sure, they're doing well in City A right now. They've won two back-to-back games. Things are looking up. The lead is, is, the gap is closing. Their season's over. Their season is over. What do these guys want to play for? Answer me that, Baz. What do these guys, this team, what do they have to play for? The Coppa Italia? Give me a break. What do you think? Scudetto at this point. But I, when Frankie said that earlier, I could not agree more with that Juventus. It's like our focus has just been on, let's get the Scudetto and that's good. As long as we get a Scudetto, it's a good season. Mm-hmm. But I mean, after winning, I think after you've won it six, seven times in a row, you got to realize, okay, maybe the Scudetto is getting a little too easy to win. Let's focus on winning the Champions League now, mm-hmm. right? But like Frankie said, it's that culture. It's the it's the complacency that we have that's just allowing us to be okay with constantly having the Scudetto and being that team that, yeah, we win, we win the Italian League, right? Mm-hmm. But nothing else. We get the Coppa Italia and then oh, we'll get a Super Coppa. There you go. We get a treble of Italian trophies every year. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the issue. That's what's left to play for now, again, is trying to win the Scudetto and trying to get that salvage something out of the season. But mm. it shouldn't be trying to salvage something out of the season. It should be proactive and trying to go out there and get the Champions League trophy every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it Instead, instead the past couple of years, a couple of years, since basically Juve won the, the Champions League, it's been this narrative where they just cannot get it done. No matter if they're in the final, if they're in the round of 16, they just cannot get it done. It seems like an impossible task for them. And along with that comes the narrative that they're not good in the Champions League. So instead of coming out and Pirlo getting his guys riled up and saying to them, let's prove everybody wrong. We had a really bad, really poor first leg. Let's come out there and let's do it. Let's take it to them. Let's win this game 2-3-0 and put it to rest right away. And they didn't go into that mentality. And Pirlo... I'm sorry, I don't think you should be fired at all because you aren't really the problem at all. You're not the problem. But some of those decisions in that starting lineup really pissed me off. Why start Demiral over Delict? Whether Delict's 100% or 60%, why is that ever a, a decision? Because Demiral, as, as solid as he looks sometimes, other times he's completely uncontrolled and explosive. And like the penalty we saw 15 minutes into the game, just over 50 minutes in the game. Like, what kind of tackle? What are you thinking? The guy is back to goal at the upper level of the 18-yard box. What is he going to do, realistically? Is he going to magically turn around, back heel in that? Is he going to pull a Messi and left foot curl? Is he going to pull a Ronaldo and do a, double, a step over and then get by you? No, he's not because he's not that good. And just just for that, for, this, for the hell of it, he goes right through the back of him, moving like... If you get away with it on the first try, that VAR isn't going to come and call that back. So I didn't understand that decision. Other than that, I just, I obviously Chiesa was, was excellent. That was a good start. Artur, great. But then you get Ramsey and McKinney and Ramsey. McKinney, who's been playing fantastic for U of A all season, and Ramsey, who has, he's had one good game, and that was the first game of the season. And that's it. It's been a downward, a steep decline since that first game of the season. So why is he starting? Think These are things I don't know. But on the other side of the ball, Porto played fantastic. You can get pissed off that they put six guys in the back line, but that's what they did. 
they're like Atletico in that in that kind of way. They're fine with defending and not getting chances until they get chances and they capitalize. Pepe was unbelievable. Turned back the clock, stopping everything, and Oliveira was off the charts again. Off the charts. Frankie, what would you think about Pepe and his miraculous, 38 years old he is, his, his miraculous performance? Yeah, well, I think, you know, you said it. And one thing you said is that people are getting mad at Porto for playing uh, six guys back and just waiting for their chances. If an Italian soccer fan is getting mad at Porto for playing like that, <laughs> Italians have been playing that way of sitting back and waiting on the counterattack yeah. for so long. We won a World Cup off of that. So I don't want to hear any Italian soccer fans complaining about that, okay? But so look, true. as much as it sucks um, as a Juventus fan, as a soccer fan, you need to look at it and you need to say, first of all, it was a great, great game. Like you said, if you're a neutral soccer fan watching that, it's a great Fantastic. game. And you have to give credit where credit's due. Porto won that game more. And, um, you know, they did. They they wanted it more. They put themselves in a position in the first leg. They outplayed them in the first leg. And I think that they did outplay Juventus uh, in the second leg as well. And the scariest thing about Juventus not making it past the round of 16 and not winning a Champions League is Chiellini, Buffon, now Ronaldo are three legends who have had their careers. Well, Ronaldo not the same, but has had have haven't had Champions League wins at Juventus. Mm-hmm. Buffon's never had one. Chiellini's never had one. This is mm-hmm. disastrous because if a young player wants to come and try to sign in Juventus, try to sign with Juventus, and they see how this team is wasted these players primes and they haven't won with them. Mm. Why would they want to come play for Juventus? Yeah. That, that, that is the thing that scares me the most about this, but you have to give credit where credit's due to Porto because ultimately they out, they outplay them. And you know, you can make excuses, but in previous years, Juventus has been outplayed by these smaller teams. Yep. Yeah. I, I fully agree with you. And, and I saw this thing, I saw this article that was saying that Juventus are going to target, target Holland when the end to, and sell Ronaldo this summer. So, Selling Ronaldo, sure, there is, there's, there be suitors for that because, sure, he's 36, but he's leading Ronaldo. City in goals right now, and he's got almost a goal a game. Exactly. But then targeting Haaland, as if Haaland's gonna choose Juve over Man City, over Real Madrid, over I don't know PSG or Man U. As if, imagine looking at Juventus in the situation, they got a young team, some promising assets, young coach. I see there's gonna be a little, there's a rebuild happening here. But I want to win now. Hmm. Man City, yeah, better than Juventus. PSG, yeah, better than Juventus. Manchester United, despite not making it into the knockout stage of the Champions League, better than Juventus. So wh- wh- what are they thinking here? They're thinking they're going to sell Ronaldo, their main goal getter, and sign somebody else? Like you said, Frankie, there's not a lot of incentive to want to go to, to Juve. There's just not. Because it's the same thing over and over again. Whether Ronaldo leaves or not, they're not going to make. They're probably next year going to lose in the round of sixteen. Let's be real. I'm expecting that now. Didn't expect it this year. I should have learned. I should have learned. Um, but regardless of that, that is over with. I'm done talking about that forever until next season. Until we're in the Champions League, because I just can't. Uh, our next matchup. Liverpool versus Leipzig. Liverpool went in with a two to nil advantage. And they, and they won the exact same way, winning 4-0 on aggregate and just smooth sailing to the quarterfinals. Baz, what do you got in this one? I mean, Liverpool did their job. They came in up 2-0 on aggregate. They knew they just had to play a nice, clean game, not concede at all, and just 
you know, kind of cruise it out, finish another 2-0 game, win aggregate 4-0. You know, you have your big guys stepping up, Salah and Mane. They're doing their jobs. They're doing what they've, you know, kind of been known to do these past three, four years. So yeah. I think that's a great game. I think that, you know, if you're Klopp, that's exactly what you're looking for. You're looking to go in there, play a nice, easy game, get out there, escape with your 2-0, and you're good. You're looking on to the next round. Because in a game like that, the worst thing you can do is go in there, you know, maybe you're catching your chances a little bit, let Leipzig score one, and then it's, you know, it's a completely different game at that point. They've got momentum. They're feeling they're coming. But Liverpool was able to play well, shut down anything that Leipzig could have tried to start. And so that's, honestly, I don't think Klopp could have turned out any better for him going into the next round like this because this is going to give them a lot of nice confidence. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, Uh, they completely proved the haters wrong, including myself, including Mark. Um, But (laughs) it was a a good win. An easily easy win for them. I mean, it was, the score didn't really reflect the game. But easy win. Uh, I love the starting lineup. We see the difference that Fabinho makes when he's in the midfield as opposed to playing center back. It's a completely different team, to be honest with you. And when Yota is starting, when Yota starts with Mane and Salah, that team is explosive as hell, as opposed to with Firmino. And I think that, healthy or not, Yota should be starting in that starting 11. I'm talking Firmino. If you're comparing them two, I'm taking Yota. 10 times out of 10, 100% of the time. That is the front three they're going to need to play in order to get success in the Champions League. So now they're on to the quarters, right? But, you know, could you really see this team without Van Dyke, without Joe Gomez, without a solid pairing at the back in the, in the, in the defensive end, going to the semis and winning against a Bayern or a PSG or a Borussia? Frankie, do you think? Well, I think this Liverpool is a tale of two cities, a tale of two teams, It depends which team we see right now. They're sitting in like sixth or seventh in the premier league. It's ridiculous. But when they go and they have a game, mind you, it's against Leipzig, a good team, but you know, not a giant, not a PSG, not a Bayern, um, not even a Barcelona, but they look solid. They did. They look solid. And if they get those contributions from their stars, Liverpool is not a team. I want to play. Like if, if I'm a team, I don't want to play them. Yeah. Like, cause they have the potential to win easily. Yeah, to they dissect you. Yeah, with with that offensive talent, they remind me right now. Without that uh, defensive solidity, they remind me of a better Borussia Dortmund, because Borussia doesn't really have really good center backs. They have Hummels, but he's older now, so they're obviously not one of the top in Europe anymore. But they remind me of a Borussia Dortmund right now, just better, right? Better front three, debatably way better midfield um and they are going to do damage you're right Fran. i don't want to face this team in the champions league i just don't because on any given day if those three guys meaning yota salah and mane are on fire you're in trouble doesn't matter if you have van dyke back there doesn't matter if you have ramos kimpembe marquinhos Alaba. it really doesn't matter because those guys on fire at the same time is trouble for any team but personally without those guys without van dyke or Gomez, or any solidity in that defensive line, I got to say, like, PSG and Bayern could completely turn them inside out. This this, yep. this Liverpool team is the kind of team I would never bet on, but I would never bet against. Bet against, yeah. True. Like, because you don't know what you're going to get. So I wouldn't True. bet on them necessarily to win the Champions League, but I wouldn't bet against them going all the way. True. I also think one big factor for them is going to be the play of Alisson. Because you have seen how polarizing he can be in terms of making or breaking a game. 
Like if he's having a bad game and makes mistakes, you've seen him lose games because of it. But you've also seen games where it looked like he couldn't be stopped. He couldn't be beaten. And mm-hmm. even last year against PSG, you know, Bayern Munich, Neuer was able to shut down PSG's weapons. So sometimes even if maybe those players in front of you aren't performing as well, if your goalie's standing on his head. And the thing is, there's only a f- certain few goalies that when they're in their prime, when they're on top of their game, they basically can't be beaten. Neuer's one of them. Buffon, when he was in his prime, 100% was one of them. Uh, De Gea, back when, like, 2014, 15, when he was really in his prime, he was one of them too. And I think Allison, we're kind of seeing that from him now at Liverpool, where there's, there's those games where he is on and he's making saves, and you're like, wow, what did I just witness? So mm-hmm. I think if he's playing well, they have a good chance. But if he's not playing well, if he's not on his game, the lack of or the missing of Joe Gomez and Van Dyke, I think will affect them in the semis. It, it's going to if, in the quarters. If, if sorry, they, yeah, if, the quarters. I think I think they'll it. make the semis personally if they if get they, drawn like a Sevilla brute. As long as they don't get PSG or Bayern in the quarters, I think they can make the semis. I I agree with that. It just all depends on the draw, right? Um, mm-hmm. I want let's let's skip over uh, Brusa and Sevilla because that was pretty fair. I mean, two two was a tight game. Bruce made a harder, and of course, Haaland put two in the net. So that's it's the same narrative every time with that team. I don't think we need to repeat it's ourselves. Haaland. He's like he's basically the new the new Ronaldo. In terms of like don't producing. say it yet. I'm not ready to get over him leaving. Ah yeah, man, the game. Ronaldo's 36. Um, Haaland's what like. But he's 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 the real something. he's the real deal, he and every single deal. club in Europe should be pursuing him. Like you said, he might not choose you, but yeah. you better you, you better, better pursue. You better, better try, be pursuing yeah. this guy. Yeah. Um, on to PSG versus Barcelona. That ended 1-1 in the Parc de Princes. 5-2 on aggregate. Frankie, what do you got on this one? Well, I mean, look, talk about putting yourself in a position to win. When, you know, you go out like that and you dominate in, in, in the first leg, then, yeah, you know, you could have a 1-1 game. You could play a safe game, and you're good. This this is That's the model to win and to advance in the Champions League. You yep. do the heavy lifting in the first leg, mm-hmm. and then you focus on playing a defensively sound game it's easier it's easier to play when you're ahead and you have the control than when you're behind and you're pushing 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 and you just can't get past the team so you know the credit to psg they put themselves in a great position to win this game and i think that's what they did they followed through but you know credit to psg and again barcelona is another team where it seems like the problems are you know starting from the top all the way to the bottom and we could be seeing a potential rebuild true I, I i agree with you on that but i i honestly thought they they played great considering the 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 circumstances i thought they started great they had a lot of chances Debele missed about two clear-cut chances inside mm-hmm. of the box among others um mm-hmm. messi got that wonder goal and then he missed the penalty so i don't know what the hell that's about uh, i'm not saying it discredits the beautiful goal that was amazing but come on man you're Lionel messi you're supposed to be coming back score the goal and on that note, missing chances and missing penalties. The Champions League is a tournament built on runs, built on luck, built on everybody coming together. And like we saw, for example, I'll bring up the Juve one. When Taremi got sent off after getting two yellow cards in the span of a minute and a half, and you got 40 minutes left of regular time to score one more goal, you have to take advantage of that. That is the game and the tournament telling you, score now or regret it later. And they didn't. And what did they do? Regret it later. And Barcelona, Dembele given these opportunities, Messi given the penalty, they didn't take them, and they went out because they went into that second half and really nothing happened. A few chances here and there, but nothing happened. Baz, what do you got on this one? Um, I'm going to agree with you on that too. And I honestly, in terms of 
when you're saying like you know the the Champions League is giving you a game, it's giving you a sign, letting you know. Yeah. I honestly didn't think that PSG played the greatest football that they could have in the first half, Not and that's why all. Barcelona had all those chances. Mm-hmm. And so I really think that at the end of the day, that's what it came down to was the Dembele miss. Even if he pots one of those, let's say, and Messi still misses the penalty. Even going in 2-1 is a lot... Going in a half 2-1 is a lot better of a situation than going in 1-1. It's two and more goals you have to score. That's nothing. If, and yeah, and let's say, for example, Dembele misses both of those, but Messi gets his penalty. Then you guys have all that momentum coming into the second half as well, and you never know what's going to happen. That being said, uh, PSG, the response they had from first to second half, exactly what you want from a team. Yeah. And the fact that they kept it close in the first half was all really that they needed to do. Because yeah. the second you're coming out there and there's only 45 minutes left of a game, you still have a four-goal lead over the team. And you know all we got to do is 45 minutes here, just defend well, play our game. I mean, especially a team like PSG as well, that's oh, yeah. been completely rolling and able to play their game when they want to. And you kind of just knew when it was coming out in the second half after that missed penalty that there was really no way for Barcelona back into this game. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say it was like even when they had that that 6-1 comeback. The, the remontade. They were... Yeah, they were in that game the whole time, though. Like, they were always pressing. You know what I mean? Even yeah. after they'd miss a chance, their next chance, they would make sure to finish. Whereas yeah. in this one, it was just a story of missed chances in the first half that just caught up with them. Yeah, exactly. And, and ultimately, Champions League is it's a, it's it's about the result. You know, you could have, you know, you, you, you can play great, but you have a window to win games. And it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a big window. In this case, you have two games that you need to, you need, you need to do something. You need to win at least one of them. And unfortunately, if you miss those chances, it's 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 results driven. They didn't yeah. get the win, and that's all that matters in the end. Mm-hmm. You just got to put the ball in the back of the net, and when you don't, I'm telling you, this tournament, it's there's a mythic quality about it. It's it gives you opportunities, and when you don't take them, it takes them away, and then you're out. Um, so we got about three minutes, a little over three minutes left in the call here. Um, I want some predictions. So Man City versus Bruce Munch and Gladbach. The first leg was two nil. They're playing in neutral ground. What's your posi- What's your uh, prediction, Bass? Oh, Man City. Winning what? I don't know. 3-0, 4-0, take your pick. They've wow, been so... rolling in the league. Come on. They have been yeah, rolling yeah, yeah. in the Premier yeah, League. Okay. And it's Borussia Mönchengladbach. If anything, I'm, I'm going to say Pep might even like take the game off, per se, and like maybe not start all of his starters because of how well they've been playing and maybe focus a little more on the league. But no, I, I don't see a way for Mönchengladbach to get back in that tie and that fixture at all. True. Frankie, you got the same thing for that? Yeah, um, I definitely don't think that they're going to come back, but I don't think it's just going to be a pure city domination. I think that there is going to be a little sense of, you know, them sitting back and, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll, we'll say they'll take it one nothing, maybe even 2 nothing. Yeah, I got I got 3-1. I think Bruce is going to, ma- you know, make something out of it at some point. Uh, Real and Atalanta, final score. What do we got? Second leg, they lost, Atalanta lost 1-0 mm-hmm. at home. So they got the away goal, Real do. So what's the final score you got in this one? Who's advancing? How many Rails players are still injured? Most of them still. Let's think about eight, eight or nine. I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Atalanta win. I had the same thing. So 2-2 aggregate, Atalanta advances. Absolutely. Frankie, what do you got? 6 nothing Atalanta, and and the Italians go all the way and win. I'm, I'm playing. But yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> I win. I'm playing. But talk about Atalanta's an explosive team, and I think that they will... I say I say three two. Okay, and then Chelsea and Atletico and Bayern and Lazio. Just quick hits here. Who do we got? Chelsea's winning the game two to one. Bayern's winning that game three 0 And Frank? Uh, yeah, you you have to you have to go Bayern, and then I think Chelsea's just 
they're ridiculous. I think those still are two teams that that have it. I think. True. I got Atletico and I got Bayern, but Tuchel Chelsea's going to surprise you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Tuchel, we'll see. Chelsea we'll see. Been... Andreas is Chelsea. The run's bound to end. The run is bound to end. <laughs> Anyways, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it, guys. We'll be back next week for yet another UCL recap. Thank you for listening. We'll see you then. Thanks for having me, Benji.